0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas.
1: We are joined by AFL Royalty. The man that uh, played many, many games for the Sydney Swans. Absolute champion. Troy Luff, welcome to the program, mate.
2: Oh, g'day, Gaz. Great to hear your voice on the radio again.
0: Oh, Luff, it's always great to hear you, mate. How you been going? Still running
2: around? Yes, I'm actually just sitting out at the front of my football oval right now, ready to get out of the car and go and get ready for yet another game. It'll be, uh, well, I was hoping to actually reach 600 games this year, but there's not enough games in the season, so I might have to play one more year. <laughs> oh. oh, gee, that—that's dreadful for you, isn't it? Eh? <laughs>
1: does that mean does that mean another end-of-season trip, Luffy?
2: Mate, mad Mondays and footy trips—that's why you play footy for. That's uh, exactly be. right,
1: mate. Now, the game last night, mate. Lions too strong for Carlton, one hundred to seventy-four. Uh, Zach Bailey, good effort himself.
2: It was um, it was Lions pressure from the onset against the Blues and and Carlton just they they just folded every time that they had the ball there were Brisbane players on top of them one after the other and I just had a look at the scores from turnovers and Brisbane scored 84 of their points from turnovers from Carlton's turn now Mm. Carlton actually had more possessions they had they had the same amount of inside 50s they had the ball as much as Brisbane did but the efficiency of the Lions compared to the Blues it was chalk and cheese and the, the percentage, the kicking efficiency percentage for Brisbane was so much higher. And again, it was just the Lions. The Lions had 75 tackles, which is a lot, of, uh, is a lot for a, you know, a modern-day game of AFL. Yeah, look,
0: I'm glad you mentioned about the pressure because it wasn't even so much luffy about the pressure around the ball. That was obviously there, but the pressure that was downfield, every time that Carlton got the ball, they were under pressure at the source, but every time they looked up, there was no free player, and and that just created so many turnovers. You you look in there, just their their kicking turnover, their kicking efficiency would have been dreadful. I didn't have a look at the numbers, but that that enabled, they turned the ball over in very, very... um, dangerous positions for for the Brisbane Lions and they were able to capitalise as you said and I I think the introduction of Josh Dunkley to the side has has been immense, what do you think?
2: Well firstly he was fantastic last night, he ended up with 33 touches and 13 tackles which is enormous for him and thankfully he doesn't kick like his old man Andrew who was probably (laughs) one of the worst kicks ever in the AFL Um, but as as far as a team goes Every time Carlton got the ball anywhere near the centre of the ground, they'd look up to go forward, and and it was just so congested because Brisbane pushed back. Harris Andrews plays that role so well. He leaves his man, takes an intercept mark because there was so much coverage. Kurnow and Mackay, they, they really struggled to get any clear leads because there was just no space. And when it went forward for Brisbane, their forward line was so much more open, and it gave the likes of Joey Danaher or Charlie Cameron room to move. And get the ball on the run. Like they, they had so many more shots for goal than Carlton because of the speed that Brisbane moved it and how open their forward line was.
0: I'm glad you brought up that that. Uh... Uh, mentioned, or the, you mentioned actually Harris Andrews because I reckon the emergence of Jack Payne as the as their main defensive uh, pillar down back playing on the big has really freed Harris Andrew up to play the, the style of football that he did a couple of years ago when he's all Australian, and, and that certainly really makes Brisbane a much more dangerous proposition and certainly hard to score against.
2: Oh, it did. I mean, Harris Andrews was the number one backman, but now he's got so much support down there, they don't have to rely on him to do the do the job and just you know if you look at last week Charlie Kuno he kicked nine goals this week he couldn't get near it he had one goal from 10 possessions Mackay kicked one goal they they just didn't have enough room to move they couldn't get a run and jump at the ball and the support from all the backmen and the midfielders to help them out just blocked up their forward line you
0: yeah, know we go back a week ago Luffy and we had the, the battle of the bridge and and the in the GWS Giants you know Come from nowhere, you know, four goals down towards the end of the game, and to get the get the point by get the, the win by a point, and and Toby Green, is there anyone is there anyone more influential towards their side than Toby Green?
2: Oh look, he had a great game, kicked four goals. But if you look at the replay of the goal he kicked to seal the game, now how does a player like Toby Green get so much space at a ball up 20 metres out from goal? It, it, hmm. It's just poor defence from the Swans. And the Swans, as we know, they're very good at losing games. They lost that game last week. It wasn't the Giants played outstanding to win. The Swans threw it away. When you're four goals in front in the last quarter you've just got to turn ultra defensive and the swans they didn't they they let their men have too much room and run around and Toby Green capitalized on that and like it was an amazing kick like when you know you've got 30 seconds to go in the game you get the ball you snap it it goes through and and you win the game and and it's just what the swans have done so often even against Port Adelaide two weeks ago same thing yeah. they're in a, they're in a winning position and then they lose the game
1: it doesn't get any easier for the swans as they take on uh, Collingwood this weekend and it's probably one of the uh, uh, the matches of the round uh, I do want to touch on it and we'll go back a couple of weeks to the Anzac day uh, and the speech I'd like to get your thoughts on this by Darcy Moore uh, after uh, the game against the Bombers uh, absolutely outstanding Luffy from my perspective he ticked every box possible
2: oh look I think AFL players today they, they know how to speak to the media uh, they know how to carry themselves well they know that you've you know whether you say what you're talking about has to be in context, and you know it was it was spot on what he was talking about. And Darcy Moore, you know, very articulate person. Um, and you know we we find that a lot more in AFL play because they actually have to do media training to know how to speak properly and and not sound like a bogan when they talk to the media. And I think um, you know the Anzac Day game itself, like I think it was ninety four thousand or ninety. It was I like think they cracked r- Yeah. A ridiculous amount of people to go to a home and... It's a home and... It's not a final. Yeah. It's a home and away game. And and that's been the whole year with the AFL. Last night's game, sellout at Marvel Stadium. Anzac Day, sellout. The, the Magic Round or whatever you want to call it in Adelaide. Sold out so many games this year... Are selling out and like getting getting eighty to ninety thousand people to home and away seasons. It's you know it's just amazing that people after a couple of years. I mean, even though last year there was no restrictions, that they feel freer now to go to the footy and it's selling. Even the Swans, you know, last week against the Giants, they had thirty one thousand people there and it was a horrible day. And so people are just they just want to go and watch the footy.
0: Yeah, it's probably not very often during a football season that uh, the, the weekend's matches are overshadowed by events during the week, but obviously a big historic announcement during the week that Tasmania has been oh. granted the 19th licence, uh, hopefully coming in in 2028. So what are your thoughts about that, Luffy, um, too soon, too late? or And, and what do you think you will do you'll do to the competition?
2: I thought you were going to talk about the coronation today was the big event. But <laughs> 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 Oh, look, I... Oh, I think it's been a long time coming, and I feel that Tasmania being the AFL state that it is, they deserve the right. They, they should have been uh, in the league probably before the Giants and the Suns were. I think they've been crying out for an AFL team down there for a decade or more, and finally they've got the go-ahead. I mean, it is five years away, but it gives plenty of time for planning. A new stadium's going to be built um you know a lot of a lot of players and clubs think oh it's going to dilute the talent in the in the competitions like no it's not that you know they are a footy state and it's going to do so much for tasmania as well to have that team there and there's so many legends of the game have come out of Tasmania. I mean, probably the biggest one ever, Peter Hudson. For, for those that are old enough to remember, you know, kicked 150 goals in a season, which is which is still today a record. Matthew Richardson, a great legend of the, the game. There's, you know, Chad, uh, Adrian Fletcher, who was a, a champion at Brisbane. Like, the list just goes on of how many players have come from Tassie. And, you know, I can't wait to see the side in there.
1: Uh, talking about the talent pool, and I think last year, was it, West Coast struggled because they had injuries here, there and everywhere. Is there enough talent, Luffy? Will it be okay? And I guess they've got five years to actually prepare And But, you know, I I dare say that when you look at the junior structure and the development programs that are in place across all the states, they're well in advance of where they were 20 years ago.
2: Oh, look, absolutely. I mean, it'll make 19 teams, but if you look at the talent across all the sides now, that with with the academies that, that clubs have, whether it be the Swans or the Giants or clubs in Melbourne, younger players are developing more so now than what they did a decade ago, more so than what they did in the 80s or 90s. And, you know, if you look back at the teams, even though there was only 12 teams in the 80s, you had you had 12 teams of quality players. But now with so much development available for young players, you're going to get more quality players available to be drafted and to be selected and to play for the 19 teams. And, you know, I don't think there's going to be too much trouble that they'll be able to fill a quality side, especially... Players that may be already in the AFL from Tasmania that want to go back and represent their state and play for the, the new side.
0: Yeah, you did right there, Luffy. Because you also need to keep in mind is that each year there's only about 80 players who get picked up in the, in the National Draft. Now, surely there are more than 80 quality players running around in uh, in. Youth and senior football who would be able to play at AFL level. And keep yeah. in mind, we always talk about those star players who who snuck through the draft, who come through the rookie draft, who were picked in the late, you know, the late 70s, 80s draft. So there's there's plenty of talent there. But in in any case, though, Luffy, it's not going to be Gil McLaughlin's worry anyway with Andrew ah. Dillon being anointed as the the new CEO. What do you think of that appointment?
2: Yeah, well, look, it's been a long time coming. I mean, Gil McLaughlin said he was going to leave last year at some point, And, you know, people thought it was the end of last season and he thought it was the start of this season. And, and I, think, I think the AFL have done the right thing by waiting until they got the right choice. Don't go and just get someone because there's a role there that has to be filled. Do the process properly. Get the right person for the job. And, you know, I don't know much about the guy, but we're soon, soon going to find out. But I'll tell you one thing. It's going to be hard to replace Gil McLaughlin. He has done an outstanding job and it's going to be hard for someone to fill his shoes or to do as good a job as, as he's done.
0: Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. The interesting thing I I thought about, though, Luffy, is that they, they were rattling off half a dozen candidates for the job, and you know, not one of them was from outside the AFL. So no one from corporate land or anyone else was even in the in the, the, mix. In the mix. And it, it's quite interesting that you go back to 1986 before when Ross Oakley took over, there's never been a CEO who's come from outside the organisation, which is, it's good that you reward the people, you know, for the people from within. You, you promote them, but sometimes fresh ideas are good as well.
2: Oh, well, I mean, the AFL is a massive organisation and you need to have people that know about the place, how it runs, has a lot of knowledge before. You, you don't want to put someone in a role that doesn't have the knowledge of what they're actually going into. Yeah, you might know a little bit of ins and of AFL or whatever, but you need to know how, what, what the place is like behind the scenes, behind the, the clubs, or, you know, know of, of all the 18 teams who the CEOs are, how they are run, and have a lot of knowledge about that. And that's probably why they took so long, to make sure they had someone that, that knew what was going on before they started the job.
0: Yeah, right, mate. Thank you. In a quick word, uh, Collingwood-Sydney. Who's going to win that one?
2: Oh, as much as I'm a die-hard Swan supporter, it's going to be very, very difficult to see them win. They will have to be at their absolute best to beat the Pies today. Collingwood's form has been fantastic. Their win last week was unbelievable. It's, you know, it, I, I, I'm just going to find it hard to see the Swans win. I'd love them to win. It's going to be very hard to see them win. And in a word, GWS and Bulldogs. Uh, Bulldogs for me. Bulldogs have got a good record against the Giants and a good record in Canberra. So I'm, I'm actually going down there to work. It's going to be zero degrees tonight, so I'll be <laughs> rugged Don't worry about that.
1: Take your winner, Woolies, mate. Good luck today, Luffy, and thank you so much for joining us, mate. Your insight has been absolutely brilliant. Um, we really appreciate it.
2: Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.